Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Midweek Podcast with Charlie Bornoff and myself, Will Connerly. Really excited to bring you this one, not only because of the fact that there were some good series, good things to talk about this past week, there's some really good things coming up next week as well, Charlie, and we're coming up on the tail end of the regular season. Um, it's always fun in May to talk about college baseball. Yeah, absolutely. You're um hit the nail on the head there with the exciting series coming up next week. We did have some good ones last week that we're going to dive into. Overall, though, I don't think it was the most exciting weekend, but still a good weekend of baseball nonetheless. Right, a weekend of baseball should be pretty solid, and when you kind of look back, if we start to dissect this first series here, interesting series, definitely a lot of chatter going into this series in the non-Power 5 realm. You had ODU taking on Southern Miss. Southern Miss, a team that's gotten a lot of notoriety this year in the top 10 uh, throughout a lot of this season. And this was a fantastic series. Both teams showed that they could really throw the ball effectively. The Conference USA, a strong conference, but on Friday, it was ODU ODU taking a 4-1 to win at Southern Miss. That kind of set the tone in this series because, Charlie, we know how good Tanner Hall has been all season long for Southern Miss on those Friday games. Well, he was still pretty good. Eight innings, 14 strikeouts and no walks, but maybe that just wasn't good enough because of just how well that Blake Morgan threw seven innings and just one earned. Yeah, absolutely. I was watching that game, and it was, it was wild. You know, you, you ask somebody, you take away the like, you know, player A, player B kind of thing, you're like, okay, if you're starting pitcher, and you're, and you're at home nonetheless, you have that going for you. It was eight strong with 14 Ks and only three earned runs. You usually assume you're going to win that game, but it was really not the case for Southern Miss. Um, I was very impressed with Blake Morgan. This was really my first shot looking at him as the freshman. Um, it was one of those games where, like, um, usually, especially with younger pitchers, you like, they can do well, but they're kind of always playing with fire, and that's usually what happens when you let up seven hits in the way he kept doing it. Like, I, don't, I don't think he had a clean uh, inning until like the sixth inning. I was like, okay, I just kept waiting and waiting for Blake Morgan to kind of, you know, get bit in the ass by that kind of thing, but he did. He was just nails all the way through. Like, I was very impressed. Not only was it against a good, a very good road opponent, but it was at Southern Miss nonetheless. Like, he, the kid, he's got stones. He was pitching, he wasn't pitching like a freshman on Friday. He was absolutely incredible. And I mean, going up against Southern Miss, that's big time. Like oh, yeah. you said, 6-0 and now on the season, but the job wasn't finished after he came out of the game. Jason Hartline, two shutout out of the back end of the pen, and he's a guy who's able to pick up his sixth save of the year, but... Yeah, you're right. Tanner Hall, that's a tough way to pick up your first loss of the year when you go eight innings and punch out 14 guys. Uh, that definitely is a tough pill to swallow. How the scoring kind of started, it was in the bottom of the third Southern Miss took the lead, and then the top of the fifth, ODU scratched another, and then they had a couple late runs uh, to be able to secure that bag. Yeah, absolutely. And Matt Kootenay is also – as his usual self. He went three for five with a homer on that day. Um, he's one of the best bats in baseball. No, you're right. He is. I mean, hitting that bomb in the eighth inning and he really is. Uh, he's going to be a guy that you're probably going to see littered throughout 
all these All-American honorees at the end of the season, and he hits right in the middle of this order. Just a straight-up beast is the biggest thing that comes to mind when I talk about him because he's a guy who hit 282 last year, hitting 356 this year. Unbelievable what he's been able to do and give this team success. But as we move along and look at even what happened the next day in this series and see how things progressed, well, it was ODU who's able to win another game when neither team scored more than five runs. Another pitcher's duel, a four to three victory for ODU. This had to give them a lot of confidence going into Sunday, but also just in general securing that series victory. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was a pitcher's duel in a way, but it wasn't from the starting pitchers. I know ODU's guy kind of got bounced early, but like Jacob Gomez for them was absolutely nails. He went four and a third. One hit, no runs of any kind, two walks and six Ks. And then even Dalton Rogers on the Southern Miss side, he went three, no hits, uh, no runs, one walk and eight Ks for Southern Miss. Um, once again, it kind of came down for ODU as well. So, you know, Matt Kootenay and then uh, Gariola, they both went two for fourth half and they both had a double. It's just, um, I know I chose them last week and that was more because for a small school draft, I, I couldn't root for Southern Miss considering you and I are so neck and neck. And I wasn't really super confident ODU. I know they're a good squad. And I, we, I know we both liked them a lot. But uh, Southern Miss is just really good, and I was um I was glad I was proven wrong in a way. You're proven wrong, but you got the points, so you yep. were right. But oh, yeah. what I think also is like when you see Kootenai, the fifth inning too, like he's coming through clutch for this team, doubling two RBIs, tying the game uh, when they're down three to one. It was really impressive uh, this week, and it's it's been funny. You hear about those big numbers that he has, and you're right about how well this team, Southern Miss team, you talk about even in the bullpen, Dalton Rogers comes out, gives you three innings, eight Ks, no runs, but still not really going to be factored into the decision, but it was another low scoring affair. And with two teams that are some of the better pitching teams in the entire nation, some of the better teams that we're going to see, well, you probably would expect that. And this was a nail biter on Sunday it was ODU who came up short in extra innings a five to four 10 inning victory for Southern Miss they finally salvage a game when they only had seven hits and it was an interesting affair one run scored in the top of the ninth for ODU to force the extras but then it was Southern Miss is ability to walk it off at the end. So good for them to be at least salvage a game in the series. I know you were looking for those sweet points though, in our midweek uh, small school standings. No, I'm actually glad with him. Cause I don't have ODU. Robert does, but I know I'm, we're I'm further ahead than Robert. So I just needed, I was basically more um, limiting the points you get. So worked out. Okay. But yeah. Um, pitching was once again, a, a pretty big factor for Southern Miss. I mean, Waldrop and Harper, they combined for, all 10 innings, only eight hits, four runs, and then four walks and then 16 Ks did their job. I mean, Will McGillis was definitely the bat for them. He had a double and a homer, so that counted for two RBIs. But overall, a really encouraging weekend for ODU. Like, I think ODU, like, I would say Southern Miss is like, you could say they're one of those teams like, oh, watch it. They can make noise in the tournament, but they've been as high as like seven in the nation. So it's kind of like seems cheap to say that. But I do think Old, Old Dominion could definitely be one of those guys, especially if Blake Morgan keeps pitching the way he does and the power that that lineup has. Like, ODU could really, uh, mess up a lot of people's weekends. 
They could, and they definitely messed up Southern Miss this weekend. They do salvage that game. Interesting thing, obviously, Southern Miss still has that clear advantage in the CUSA standings right now, but just a good win toward the end of the year to beat a team who had been in the top 10, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Got to be very good for them. Southern Miss eventually gets that walk-off in the bottom of the 10th. Um, so that is how that series ended after Danny Lynch had that walk me off. But as we go on and look now at what happens with the Big Ten, this was a big time series uh, as a lot of conversation about who's going to take the top spot in the Big Ten. Well, we found out that it's going to be the Terps, at least for now, as they win at Rutgers. And that was a really interesting series. Two teams who have been playing really well this year. The Terps started it off with a bang with a 16 to 8 win on game one of that series. Yeah, it's um kind of the inverse of the other game. A lot more offense than there was pitching in this one. But at the same time, I'm going to kind of uh, go against what I just said there because Ryan Ramsey was good on Friday after his last week. He had that perfect game. He did go six. He had a weird game, though, because it was like one strikeout over six innings is kind of weird, but he did go only six innings, only two runs allowed, so pretty solid. Um, an interesting stat, though, from that 16-8 when those, all of Maryland's extra base hits were high, um, home runs. So they had five homers, like – to list off some of the guys that balled out, like Chris, I think it's Eileen. I don't even say it. Three, three or five, five RBIs, two homers. Nick LaRusso, three for four, three RBIs. Matt Shaw and Troy Schreffler both had two RBIs and a homer. And then Chris Brito for Rutgers had, was, went um, three for five with five RBIs and two homers as well. So uh, tit for tat there. It was. I mean, and the Scarlet Knights have been such a fun team to mm-hmm. watch. But when you look at this, what happened here, You had Rutgers, how we've talked about them a lot, how they've improved, they've had success. But when we come into the series and we look at what transpired here, I mean, you talk about how there was a lot of shifting within the schedule uh, throughout the duration of this weekend. Uh, But when you look at the nine home runs, hit in the with through the midst of the double header, and then they're able to win game two after dropping game one, hitting nine home runs within those two games. Very impressive. I know you talk about Ramsey, man, isn't he now? I mean, it's hard to follow up what he did a week. I mean, it's nearly impossible. You'd have to be perfect. Some would say to follow up what he would day. And he's still nine and oh on the season. And he's just done such a good job, but two teams. I know that at the beginning of the year, we, kind of brushed aside uh, a lot of the Big Ten. These are two teams uh, that are top 25 Big Ten teams. This was a big time series and it was fun to see how it developed. But man, you're right. Those it was basically who's going to rake was the question. And obviously, you know, Mr. Ryan Lasko was an answer to that question a lot last week. Well, Charlie, he did a little bit of the same um, (laughs) as well. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's, I would agree. Um, as we keep going through the series, this is another one of these two teams that you might have to watch out for in the tourney, considering that these are just, especially with Maryland, Ramsey, and um, Savakul, it's considering not only the two very good arms this year, but the bats can just explode at any given time. Uh, yeah, Ryan Lasko, five for five, four RBIs, two doubles, two home runs on that second game on Saturday, or Sunday, excuse me. That, that was annoying that I kept getting pushed back at day after day, but, you know, can't really control the weather. Uh, 
Maryland, not Maryland, excuse me, Rutgers is going crazy, man. Kirster had a grand slam. De uh, Giorgio, four for five, two RBIs, a home run. I can keep going. Like they're just the bats were hot, man. The bats were hot in Mother's Day. That's all I can say. It was Sunday. Rutgers drops a 16 to 8 result game one, but then they come back and beat Maryland 18 to 7 in game two on Sunday. And yeah, I, I like how you mentioned Ryan Lasco five for five, four RBI, two double and a couple homer. That is called having a day. And I knew that it was going to be fun to see how he went up against Ramsey because two were just bosses over the past week. And I know that. Coming into this game on Monday, and it gets pushed back a little bit. I know we're going up on the end of finals for a lot of these student athletes, but they also got to finally decide who's going to have that top spot in the Big Ten. And over for Maryland, they're able to get that nine to four win to secure that. It's nice to have Nick Dean go on a Monday for you, nine K's for him. And then he pitched pretty effectively. Yeah, he did nine K's over six innings. Like you said, uh, Eileen again, was good. He went two for four, four RBIs and a homer. Uh, it was just, it was really a thing that I was promising to see too. If you haven't watched Maryland all year is the fact that this team is a lineup that can, if one guy goes, if one guy isn't doing well, another guy's going to step right in place and start hitting, and that's kind of what they did in this whole series. Uh, the last thing I really got to say is just hats off again. I think Chris Eileen won the weekend for these boys. He went five for 13, nine RBIs and three homers. Like he was, man was on one this weekend. No, he was. And I think that the obviously biggest storyline now coming out of this is that Maryland takes sole possession of first place in the Big Ten. Let's take a gander at these Big Ten standings. Maryland one at 14 and four. Rutgers is two at 15 and six. Have one more win, but two more losses than the team they're behind in Maryland. Then Iowa at 12 and six, and then Illinois at 12 and six. That's the top four spots. In the Big Ten, so still certainly a race as we uh, come up to the end of the regular season and see what can happen because Rutgers still has a three-game set to finish things out next week coming up against Michigan. So there still is a lot to be said of what's going to happen in that Big Ten race, but a big-time series for sure for Maryland. They've been playing some really good baseball, but so has a lot of other teams um, in this country, and I know that there's a team that you particular thought played pretty well. Maybe there's a couple of them. Who are your winners and losers from this past week? The first one is the Kentucky Wildcats. And there's one reason why, Will, and I think everybody who watches college baseball at this point should know they handed Tennessee not only their first SEC series loss of the year, but their first series loss in general on the year, which is incredible, especially this late in the season. Um, Vanderbilt's 26-3 and is still alive. Uh, the Cats look good. Um, they're one of those teams, like, you know, we weren't super high. We know they have some talent, so if they get hot at the right time, they can beat a lot of different teams, and they just kind of did that this weekend. And here's what I got to say about that, Charlie. The, it, it, it is a, a win for him, right? Oh, yeah. It was interesting watching this series develop because of the walk-off that happened yep. to begin the series. Ben, I mean, it was amazing. It was like nothing else had to be on because they had the limelight Thursday game. And like 
man, you could just watch Big Ben. You know, you could yeah. watch Big Ben. But man, you got to give a lot of credit to any team. I would even go as far to say not even that can beat Tennessee, but can even hang with Tennessee because yeah. they've been beating the brakes off teams this year. Obviously, yeah. um, it is good for Kentucky, but I still got to say that I think still Tennessee wins it all. They're for sure still the best team in the country. And uh, but big time. You, I mean, you got we can't have a podcast without talking about how good Tennessee is. And that Absolutely. just shows how good Tennessee is. If somebody beats them, well, hey, you probably did something pretty good, too. And here's the team, Charlie, that's pretty good. And I just don't know how I saw Steven Shock tweet about it. And I, I've noticed it for a little bit. And I'm also kind of sick that no, none of us had this team. Um, they, they definitely would have given us the most points right now. Oh, absolutely. 40 and nine <laughs> team UConn second best win percentage in the country. They behind just Tennessee. They've won seven straight big East games, 14 and one in league again, 40 and nine overall. I think personally, I know there's Southern Miss. I know there's some other teams out there. I personally think they are the best non-Power 5 team now that we've gotten to evaluate their body of work. I mean, they just have back-to-back weekend sweeps over Butler and Creighton. This is a team in a program I don't think that gets enough credit, even when we talk about last year and their consistent presence in the NCAA tournament. I mean, there were five players drafted from this team a season ago. They consistently produced top-level talent talent and i just think that they have been a winner so me putting them as a winner is pretty cool yeah they got a weekend sweep over creighton good but like them being a winner for me is more looking at their body of work and saying you are a winner you keep on winning and you make me really excited like i even think they make charlie bornoff excited because the the fact of the matter is they just got guys who can rake they got guys who can pitch like what else would you want in life is my question i love watching pat gallagher throw he's a rotation guy for him and they've just got guys up and down the line that can do great things for them. They play good baseball, hitting just shy of 300 as a team. They have a 3.13 team ERA, so they can, they really just play good baseball. They're sound, they're fundamental, and that's why, Charlie, you probably could tell they're my winner, and I like them a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, UConn was a team that uh, I think the two – you kind of alluded to one in a way. I think the two things that kind of had people cool off of them a little bit before the season, fairly or unfairly, it is what it is, but one Reggie Crawford being out for the year that really hurt a lot. That hurt them a lot. But at the same time, that's one guy. I don't care how good you're a player is on your team, you can still always bounce back and especially rally around some other some other people. And then two, the fact that they had five guys drafted, so you need to see what these new guys, these positions are gonna do in these new roles after losing those kind of guys. And that's not so much a true knock. It's more like, okay, we gotta wait and see before we make give a give a real take about it per se. Well, that's the thing, too, that I look at because you're right. The Crawford thing definitely is a great point. One guy doesn't make a team, but one guy doesn't break a team. But he for sure was a different level of talent oh, yeah. that we have seen. Really, I mean, he he would have been probably one of the guys that we had talked about most because of what he can do 
He is that next level guy who can do both things at the two way level. I mean, just unbelievable. So yeah. that I think that's you're right on the money uh, with that point. Fantastic point right there. But I mean, they've lived up to these expectations. Oh, yeah. They they've done really well. I've loved to see what Matt Donlin has done as their catcher stepping into a new role after they had one of the best catchers in the country a season ago. So I mean, it's just fun to see how this team has performed. And man, I'm looking for, I think UConn, I don't know. I mean, I think they're going to be interested. I don't want to play them in a regional, Charlie. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you do, but I mean, obviously I don't want to play any of these teams, but that's a team I don't want to play just like there's a, I mean, there's a lot of teams you don't want to play, but that's one that I definitely don't. Yeah, absolutely. There'll be a hard one to figure out when the brackets come out, you know, the screen was kind of weird teams. You don't know how far you want them to go. You don't want them to lose that, but. Uh, a team I would want to play, and they're not my next winner, so it's a little shade thrown at them. But nonetheless, they're still a pretty solid squad. And a squad that, speaking of, since we've been talking about our small school drafts so much, our good pal Ryan drafts, and that's Western Carolina who got a big weekend series sweep against Mercer, scoring 49 runs over four games. Uh, the Catamounts looked pretty good over the weekend. Yes, I mean, they were able to rake. They are a team that obviously has a lot of good players. Yeah. And they have good talent. And this was some of this offensive firepower was what this team was expected to do going into this season, coming off a year when they had the conference player of the year and a guy nearly hit 20 home runs in Pascanal Ferreris a season ago. And then this year, Ferreris has played well. And specifically when you talk about this past weekend, when he hit 6-11 this past week and he had nine RBI, that was good enough to give him player of the week in the SoCon. I don't know who could have had a better week. So certainly he was able to get that, but a really nice week for them. I mean, he had two home runs throughout the duration of the week. And when I think of this team, Charlie, I think of Pascanal Ferreris and he's having another solid campaign for this team hitting 353 on the year. He has 14 home runs. And this is a team right now for Ryan's sake. I mean, he could have picked many better teams, 24 and 23. So one game above and one game above in conference play. But I know that I gravitate toward this team, just like Ryan, because of the transcendent talent that a guy like Pascanel Ferrer says, he just can lay into baseballs at 5'10", 175. It's also just a really fun name to say. It is. is. It's just fun to say, man. I mean, I'd speaking of fun names to say, Michael Carrico is a fun name to say for me. We talked about him for maybe the first time last week. Well, we got to talk about him again because oh, yeah. Davidson, they rake, they are nasty. Him and Ryan Wilson have the same number of hits, <laughs> the same number of at-bats. And if you do the math and you carry the one and do hits divided by at-bats, the same exact average when you looked after the weekend series that happened on Monday when you peeped the stats. That's impressive. I think that they have the same number of hits and at-bats at this point in the season. That's I don't know if that's impressive. That's probably coincidence. Still impressive just to have it happen. But that they're both 427? You have two guys hitting 420. I mean, so most teams, it's tough to get a 350 hitter. 
Oh, maybe, maybe yeah. we'll get one. Maybe we'll get one guy that could like scratch 350, 360. They got two guys, and these are everyday guys. This isn't you came off the bench and have a five for five week. No, these are two everyday guys hitting 427, the exact same average. I mean, that's that's Michael Carrico, Ryan Wilson, and Davidson. You got to go tap into this team. They are good. They can rake. And I know Charlie Bornoff, well, he believes the same thing. Yeah, that's a team that um, since we're talking about UConn, we don't we're going to this team. I, I, Davidson could be one of my sleepers this year. I, I want to. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of their games from the season still, but oh, they're looking good, man. They're they're getting me gassed up a little. But a team that gets me really gassed up, I might have talked about them a time or two on this podcast. Maybe I had some players and parents on as well. But that's Campbell. They went four and zero on the week. They beat Duke, and then they absolutely crushed Winthrop for. Um, over three games, they swept them 43 runs over three games. Uh, the Camels are just looking high as usual right now. Roll humps. I know as we're recording this, they beat Ohio State yesterday in Columbus. I'm liking what's going on over there right now. I mean, they are nasty. They're going to be mm-hmm. a very tough uh, four seed. Oh, yeah. I, think I, mean, they, I still think in my heart of hearts, they'll, they'll slide to a three seed somehow, but we'll have to see what happens. Whatever seed they get, I mean, yeah. they've shown they can beat anybody. And they have the depth. They have the depth to go on a run that I think that maybe we've looked at and other people have, but maybe you might not know when you look, oh, Campbell, they have a great record. Man, they started slow. They've turned it on. They've got some good results. All those things are true. They have some really good depth on the mound. They have a frontline starting pitcher that can be a one seed. For sure. Oh, yeah. And then they have a for sure first round pick, multiple of them on their team. I mean, man, you, I'll give Charlie Bornoff all the credit here. You had gotten <laughs> me fired up for this team. So I appreciate it. Um, also, your, all, your, all your success in life has been predicated on you picking Campbell to win. And okay. I'm kidding. Not all your success in life, but in specific to midweek, you know, so we obviously um, are, are massive support and oh, yeah. I'm in support of you. So by the transitive property, I'm in support of Campbell, but I'm just in support of Campbell as well. I mean, they're really good. They're fun to watch. They've got guys bumping 95. They have guys raking. I know we talk a lot about Zach Neto. He's not the only one that can put the ball out of the ballpark. Oh, yeah. And I know you know that as well. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I think Jared Belvin is one of the most slept-on bats in college <laughs> yeah. baseball. Right He's on an absolute tear right now. Ty Babbin had a really good game the other day. So a lot of guys to get excited for, and it's just a fun team to root for. Yeah, really good. You put it out of the park multiple times, pretty good game. Oh, yeah. here's, so. here's a pretty good game and maybe a pretty good team, all right? Oh, yeah. It's a team that, I mean, we, we're talking about Omaha. We're talking about potential contenders, and – I don't know where this team hangs in the balance for you. I haven't heard a ton of conversation out of that Charlie Bornoff camp, but here's a team that's 39 and nine, 18 and six in conference play, playing in a major, major conference, at least power five, won seven games in a row. And when you look at this most recent body of work this past weekend, well, yeah, they were able to get the old sweep of Oregon and it started with my favorite for pitcher of the year when we when you talk about a guy on the midweek podcast at least four times in your either yep. in either your midweek 
uh, or your weekend rotation or winners and losers, that makes you an ultimate favorite for me. Cooper Jerpy, man, oh man, he only had 11 Ks in one run. And he only did it against Oregon. So he's pretty good. 73 and two thirds innings this year, 120 Ks, solid, 14 walks, egregious, and a 2.08 ERA. I think he is the best. I think he has contributed to his team's success more than any other pitcher in the country. And the reason being, there are some good pitchers in the Pac-12. There really are. I mean, you go up against Gonzaga, you 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 already know what the word is. That's not the Pac-12, yeah. but you already know what the word is. You go up against USC, you already know what the word is. Stanford, same thing. Or any of the other teams they've played in non-conference action that have been good beginning of the year, Jerpy's giving them a shot to win every single time. And that's why I'm really high on this 39 and nine team. And that's why Oregon state and Cooper Jerpy getting the sweep of Oregon and him going off is my winner from this past week. Yeah. Cooper Jerpy just wakes up and strikes out double digits every time the kid he's incredible. He really is. Um, I like that. We've kind of finally ended on our assumption for his name and it being Jerpy. Cause that used to put me in a pretzel for days, but 73 and two thirds, 120 Ks is preposterous, especially when it's 120 Ks to 14 walks. Like you said, that's ridiculous as it is. I do like this Oregon state team a lot. They're, they're very much an Oregon state Omaha bound kind of squad. Uh, I'm excited to see them in the tournament. It's gonna be really, really fun to watch, dude. Um, now my loser though is definitely not gonna be in the tournament. And uh, now another Ryan shout out here, his alma mater or school he goes to now that's UMass. They got the uh, break speed off of them by the one and only Davidson. They lost five three, then twenty eight and zero, and then twelve to three. That was a rough weekend for the Minutemen. They're not very, they're not great this year. We are new. That. I'm pretty sure that they um they're Ryan's pick in our uh, lovable losers bracket as well. No, that's a, that's a pretty good one. They're the but at least he loves them, you know. Oh yeah, and I, I think that, I mean, it's tough to really consider all the different things that happen, but. Yeah, UMass, not a very good team. Davidson, a very good team. So you kind of are just kicking a team while they're down by <laughs> putting them as a loser there. A, a loser that I got is pretty similar. Mercer getting swept. I know you kind of already did the math for yep. us. 49 runs uh, led up by Western Carolina. That's why I got a loser for Mercer. Who's your next loser? Uh, my next loser is where am i i'm losing my track oh uh mississippi state they got swept by florida which in itself isn't really the loss but it's more of a seasonal loss as it is because they're now in sole possession of the last place in the sec west it's been quite a tumble injuries have been a factor but overall it's been a very disappointing season for the bulldogs after going winning the world series last year to this probably not going to make the tournament it's what uh, we call in the business a tough scene and here's what i call a tough scene a team that they haven't, they, they're not on a one, two, three, four, five game win streak. They're not on a one, two, three, four, five game losing streak. There's no W or L associated with their streak. This is a team, and this I'm coupling Louisville in this as well. Wake Forest and Louisville, 
ending their series, not on a win, not on a loss, but on a tie. I think overall, this is a loss for the weekend, like you mentioned, not only because the Friday game was postponed, the Saturday game was a 14 to three win for Wake Forest. We really got to see the Wake, the Rake, and a team who's hit over 90 home runs. And then a six to two loss on game two Saturday. We go into Sunday, that de facto rubber match anyway, third game of the series because the first game was canceled. And then it ends in a tie. Oh, you went one, one, and one. That is a loss to me, but also if I turn it around and make it a win, Wake Forest, Charlie, I was telling you about this before the podcast, I'm high on them. I'm just, I'm high on how, how much they can rake. I'm high on how well they can play in any ballpark. They can really put the ball out the ballpark, hitter friendly place, of course, with 25 and seven record at home. And now that one tie, but yeah, it also makes it annoying. You got to tell when you say their record, you got to go to the third straight column now but yeah that's a loss for me also just a loss for the college baseball fans because it would have been fun to see what transpired not only on that friday game but also to finish out that game that ended up in a tie in extra innings wake forest though 33 14 and one i am high on them i think they're gonna make some noise in the tournament i really do i think they can rake and i don't think like I know I've been wrong on a lot of hot takes like Dallas Baptist and whatever, but you have to take this team pretty seriously because they can beat any any team in the country, any team they could beat because they can rake. I mean, they got guys off their bench, 10 plus bombs. It doesn't matter. So like you've got to, and if you don't, then, oh, well, but you're going to miss out because there is a train coming and it's called wake the demons. Right. And there's room, there's room running out on this train. You know, you know how, when the tickets sell out, it becomes standing room only. And that's what it might be. I just think that they're a team that is about to find their mojo. And I think we saw that against a really good Louisville team, how they're able to hang with him. Wake Forest is good. It's just kind of one of those things where the ACC has been so good that um, you're just going to run into some teams that are better. And you're going to lose some games because some teams are better than you. You're going to lose some games just because it's it's baseball. So you're going to grab everybody has bad weekends. So it can be a little hard to evaluate at times. So it's, keep, so it's hard to keep getting back on track. It's like, okay, well, we, we shit the bed against, I don't know if they actually lost to Duke right? yet. Yeah, you, know, you shit the bed against, like, say, Duke, right? Okay, they face FSU the next weekend. It's a tough thing to do. Well, and, I'm not. I know you're just giving an example. Yeah. You, I appreciate you reeling me back in <laughs> because I am high on this team. They did sweep Duke, but they're yeah, obviously they not the best team in the ACC. Yeah. When I talk about beating them, they can be one of the best teams in the country, but they can also not be one of the best teams in the ACC. Both things can be true. <laughs> Both yeah, things can are. be true because yeah. you got Virginia, you got two teams that have the prefix of Virginia or Virginia Tech that I think we can both agree are the two best teams. I mean, that'd be an interesting, that'd be an interesting conversation, but I think Virginia and Virginia Tech are for sure the top two teams in the ACC, if you had to ask me right now. But Wake Forest is in that second tier. That second tier are still top 25 teams is the thing people don't realize. Yeah, I'll, here's what I'll agree with you on. Um, I will agree that Wake Forest is a top 25 talent team-wise. I think they can. They can play like it at any given day. I don't think they're a top 10 team, but I do think they're really good. Also, I didn't see why. It was a cur- for going back to the tie actually on the la- their last game. There's a curfew uh, tie, wasn't it? And why was that? Does Wake not have lights at their field or something, or what was it? 
the, that's the interesting thing to me, Charlie. Like you end it in a tie, and it was due to travel constraints. Uh, okay. um, that's so, it, and, and it was that's, that's a crazy why. thing because they honored their senior class before the game, an emotional moment, senior day. Let's end with a dub. It's gonna be fun. It's Mother's Day. It's senior day. We're gonna be chilling. No, we ended in a tie. Nobody goes home happy. And <laughs> that's a that's a real uh, whiskey dick way to go out, right? If you ask me, it's it's a tough uh, scene, but still cool for uh, the demons and demon deacons man that's all i could say yeah <laughs> all right so my last loser is um the ucla bruins so they were on kind of a heater on april 19th they beat santa barbara and then they won was it one two three four five like five out of their seven and then they lost to long beach and are now on a five game losing streak that was just kind of capped off by getting swept by washington in Washington, which is, I guess makes it slightly less worse. And then they also lost to Cal State Fullerton yesterday, which Fullerton's not a great squad. Um, it's that was it's been a rough little stretch for the um, Bruins right now, man. Been a rough it, little stretch. It has been. And speaking of the ACC, how has there been a more confusing team this year than Georgia Tech? I mean, they go. Yeah. Oh, hmm. They're just confusing with the way they obviously you gravitate toward them because of the potential golden spikes that may be put on one of their players at the end of the year. And they're a good team, but they're interesting because they come up with these massive serious results. And then they do uh, what they did this past weekend, get swept by Clemson. So it's just interesting. And that's coming off the heels, Charlie, of beating the third-ranked team in the country in a series. So that's why they're confusing yeah. to me. The inconsistency for me shocks them up as an L for the weekend. That's for, I, This might be, not be the best comparison, but to me, in my mind, at least it makes sense, and that is like Georgia Tech's kind of like the LSU of the SEC. Uh, the bats are great. The pitching does leave question marks at times. I do, I do kind of like LSU's overall arms better than Georgia Tech's. But you get what I'm kind of saying. Like I, I don't. I've never haven't really trusted Georgia Tech's arms the whole year. Um, they can get hot. The bats are always going to play. But you know, I'm a big thing. Having good pitching just really helps you so much. And it's because you can't. It's hard to rely on your team to put up eight runs a game to ensure a W. That is very true. And you're right on the money with that. They can do some good things sometimes. Other times they struggled. Interesting team. Um, yeah, LSU. That's a good comparison. I think you kind of hit me in a personal spot there because you know i'm high on them but yeah we'll go with that now let's go on to the weekend rotation friday saturday sunday who's cracking it for you uh a team that we were very low on is i'm talking gonna talk about the player but uh karsten wasn't hunt ecu they missed him for the year they started off rough they've been on kind of a heater now they've won back-to-back series against cincinnati and memphis and they just beat duke yesterday but the guy i want to highlight is on friday cj mayhew for East Carolina, six, or, sorry, it's not six innings, nine innings, no hits, no earned runs, one walk, nine Ks against Memphis. Well, what is that? Ha- what happens when you go full nine and there's uh, no hits on the board? What would you call that? I would call that a complete game shutout, no hitter. Yeah, you're goddamn right, brother. CJ Mayhew, no hitter against Memphis, big time win for them. Mayhew's a very good arm people can talk about, and he's got an absolute uh, frisbee for a slider. 
No, no. That's pretty good. Yes, sir. Your hot take was a few weeks late. Oh, I know. I was so close to a million times. It's terrible. How about this? I think it was the week of pitchers going off but not getting rewarded. We saw it with Southern Miss. We saw it with Parker Messick. Eight innings, 12 strikeouts, but loses? I mean, Parker, Matt, I know I, we've we've thrown out some big names in this podcast oh, yeah. in terms of National Pitcher of the Year candidates. Of course, we're going to. Cooper Jerpy, Oregon State. I think he gets it. If he doesn't, it better be this guy. Parker Messick, obviously, Charlie had to, again, reel it back in. I was a huge on Bryce Hubbard. Obviously, Parker Messick has shined a little brighter this season. No knock on anything that anybody else has done yeah but it is a tough scene to lose to boston college they yeah. do end up winning the series they yeah. do end up win- winning the series but i think that parker mess going eight and getting 12 k's that gets shied away because that's what we expect from him now they still lose though that's the tough scene they should have swept boston college the worst team in the acc but messick even though he's doing that against a lower level acc team going crazy gotta give it as my friday guy because I'll, I'll take him on friday every week every single week i'll take him yeah parker messick's an absolute workhorse dog just fair he did his job and kind of this, it's another reason why this this right there kind of helps me why i think using pitchers win loss records a waste of time because I would call that a great performance by anybody. He still got the loss, but not really in his control. Uh, my Saturday guy, and we're going to keep it in the state of Florida. And that's Jacob Burke in Miami for the weekend. He went six for 13 with 11 RBIs. Um, that, just keep it short. Sweet. That's an absolute hell of a weekend. Most guys are lucky to get that in a month RBI wise. And how about this one for me after we maybe were pressing the alarm button for a team who had rattled off six consecutive losses. Now they've responded, have won four in a row, come off a sweep in the Big West. You know they have the potential top five pick in Brooks Lee, but a guy that needs to be talking about another potential candidate for an All-American honor, just like Parker Messick and just like Cooper Derby. That is Drew Thorpe. I mean, six innings, nine strikeouts. Now he's seven and one, a sub two and a half ERA. The best thing, though, just like the off the charts K to walk ratio numbers, 114 strikeouts, just uh, 20 walks. Charlie, there's been a little bit of a theme here with the guys who are having success on the mound. They also have a lofty amount of strikeouts compared to the amount of walks that they have. No coincidence there. Cal Poly, of course, I'm putting their whole team as a winner for me because it's tough when you lose toward the end of the year. Now they're 28 and 20 and 14 and seven in conference play, but those four consecutive wins are huge for them because they are coming off the heels of getting swept by UC Santa Barbara. So that is, that is big for them to respond in that manner after they kind of dropped the ball last weekend. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big way to bounce back. Um, Drew Thorpe's a dog. Brooks Lee's a dog. Uh, I don't know if Cal Poly gets in. I think it's kind of a tough look, but you never know. They might, they keep playing their ass off. Who's to say, uh, my last um, weekend, my Sunday guy, I should say, my bad, um, is his team may have had kind of a fart in the wind overall on the weekend, but I'm going with Brock Wilkin. 
He went three for six. Where is it? Three for six, eight RBIs, three homers on Saturday. That's a great game. That's a great. That's a great week for anybody. That's let, a alone, great, let alone one game, and, and against that, Louisville. No, he's big. He is big. He like is. in a game too. I love like, watching him bat. I love his. Uh, I love his stance. It's so different. He. I mean, he's big time. He's not probably had that average this year that people nah, would expect. He's only at two sixty eight. Um. He last year he came in and broke the freshman or set that freshman record for home runs and was just oh man, this guy is nasty. This guy is crazy. He and he has the pop. He he he's gotten a lot of looks. I like him. I like his, his bat. Yeah. Will play. Um, his, his position, obviously is going to be that corner infield spot, but I mean, man, that's a game. That's a day. That's a day. So that, that, that's big. My last pick. I think this is a perfect segue. Uh, it's going to be me, Charlie. (laughs) Why is that? Cause we have by far the best. Best weekend of series coming up here this weekend. I'm excited. Um, getting ready to walk the stage this weekend. Going to yes, see sir. some college baseball. We've by far, I mean, these five series, and there's some other ones we couldn't even put on here. Oh, yeah. I had to cut um, this down from like nine. That's, but for me, they're such good series. I'm so excited to watch them. And I've had that passion ignite for the game of college baseball and specifically try to gear up for this weekend. So for me, kind of a three, one take parlayed with a Friday, Saturday, Sunday guy and a winner. My Sunday guy is going to be me because I am foreseeing that I will go five and oh, and my picks this week. I love the confidence. I hope you're wrong, but I love the confidence. I hope you get, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll, get, we'll, we'll see which ones. We will. We will there. literally right now. Let's start with it. Um, again, like I said, a good se- weekend series to pick from. This is the first one. Ole Miss at number 17, LSU. Big series for both teams. A lot on the line. Probably more on the line for Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. But LSU as well. Man, both teams trying to find confidence before yeah. they get to the postseason or, or trying to get there. We know how good Ole Miss has been, at least toward the beginning of the year. We, yeah. And then they kind of dropped the ball. They have not lived up to the expectations. LSU, like you've mentioned, a little inconsistent. We know they can hit. I'm going with LSU. Come on now, Charlie. Who do you got? I'm going with the Rebs, man. I'm going to Ole Miss. Uh, it's just one of those. I still think well, the talent's there. It's not like they've been like banged up all year. I, I don't know. It's hard to really pinpoint what's really been going wrong for Ole Miss. I don't think they're out of the playoff picture by any means, especially at the tournament. Who knows what happens in the tournament? Any team can make a run in those kind of their conference tournament. Um, I think Ole Miss will pull one out of LSU, man. I just do. I don't. It's kind of still gut feeling. Don't have any numbers really to back it up. I don't have any like, special thing to bring up for it. I just feel in my bones. Your bones, well, uh, all right. So number <laughs> six, Miami, at number twenty-one, Florida State. For this one, Charlie, top twenty-five ranked battle, and uh, what do you got here? I'm taking Miami. This is also going to be one of the most fun uh, Friday Saturday pitching matchups too, with Messick and Palmquist, and then Hubbard and Ligon. That'll be. I'm excited for it. But I'm going. I'm going the Hurricanes. I think they are the better squad overall. Um, I do like FSU. The bats have been a little iffy this year. Um, 
you'd like to see a little more for some of their trends. Like Terrell has not been as good as I think they hoped for. The power is still there, but the average is not anywhere near what it needs to be. I like the balance of Miami. I really like Yo-Yo a lot. I'm just I'm riding with the Hurricanes, man. And I'm riding with the Hurricanes as well. They need this, though. They do yep. need this. Um, I am riding with them, but I, I would just say they, they have a good body of work, which is why they're ranked sixth in the country. But they, I think they need this um, yep. because Miami's that team that I don't know where they lie in terms of future, in terms of how far you foresee them going. But this is one you need uh, getting ready for the end of the year. How about this one? Texas Tech. I think this is an extremely, I think this is one of the more interesting series this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's definitely maybe not that headliner like number six at number 21, but Texas Tech at Oklahoma State. I mean, this this is big, Charlie. This is big. Yeah, it is. Um, shout out to Brandon Birdsell, friend of the pod. Um, I am, I would love for, I, I would be okay being wrong on this one. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. I would love for Texas tech to take this from Oklahoma state, but it's at Stillwater. The Cowboys are on fire. We know what they, we've been singing their praises for a long time. I'm taking Oklahoma state in this one. And this actually, well, I would argue it's actually technically a better matchup because this is what three versus uh, nine. It is, but when you go and you have the third-ranked team, I mean, yes, I'm listening to that argument, right? <laughs> yeah. I am. And, okay, so you got Ole Miss at number 17, LSU. You got number six, Miami, at number 21, Florida State. But you've got the ninth-ranked team in Texas Tech, which I'm all about it. I yeah. think I think everybody's gotten the number, the rankings right uh, this year about Texas Tech. I think that they were kind of slept on through the middle of the year. They should be a top 10 team. But then you go to the number three ranked team in the country who has the talent just as much as the top two teams in the country at number three. Oh, it's going to be a great matchup. I love how you shout out Mr. Birds. He's going to be big in this series. Oh, absolutely. That Saturday game is going to be massive. I mean, you think about the rotation that Oklahoma State has put out. Oh, we're going to roll out Campbell. Oh, we're going to roll. I mean, they've got... Dogs. I mean, it's going to be a banger. I, I I do think it's going to be a great series, but I am more confident in picking Oklahoma State um, in, in this one. Even though I think this is a massive headliner, um, you that's why I said this. That's why I said it's by far one of the best weekend series to pick. You've got two, three top twenty-five ranked matchups with both teams being ranked twenty-five yep. out of the five series that we picked. Absolutely. Um... Yeah, dude, this is it's gonna be hard to choose which ones we cover, you know, for next weekend. It is next week, I mean, excuse me. We got uh, only time will tell. Oh, yeah, but uh, man, there's gonna be a lot because this one is big, it's really big. Oklahoma State has been nasty this year, but I think that it's you've got to give that Texas Tech some credit because oh, absolutely, they've had some slumps this year and. They obviously have responded in good fashion. I think that when we talked with Birdsell, he said, yeah, we're going to have to play some really good baseball down the stretch if we want to, you know, potentially be in position to host. Well, they're for sure in that position right now. Um, So that that that's what gets to me, Charlie. But how about this next series? Which before you go there, um, also, let's say Tech does win this series. So, so they, you know, two out of three, 
they would be then be tied with Oklahoma State for first, assuming or that's not, assuming TCU doesn't do anything. So Texas Tech has the potential to jump tied for first place in the Big 12. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it could happen. It is. And it, what, the other thing that I just might ask you, because it is interesting also to me, is do you think, because Oklahoma State has had some massive results this year. Oh, yeah. But do you think they're the third best team in the country? Because it's hard if, because I can think like Tennessee, obviously. Yeah. Like they're, it's heinous to say anyone's close, even close to them. Yeah. Um, for me, talent wise, obviously not production wise, Texas still is in that top five for me, just talent wise. Talent, yeah, um, but I wouldn't put them in my top five for this no, year. No, 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 no. Virginia is a team, again, got guys. Oregon Arkansas. State, I just don't know if I can confidently say they're the third best team in the country. Um, that's why I think there's a lot on the line uh, for, for Oklahoma State this this weekend. Because, I mean, this, yeah. is, this is one of the biggest series that they're going to play. I think Texas Tech this man i'm talking myself into this being the best series now you know what I'm i am saying? i am too i'm not even lying i've <laughs> been buying I'm saying? The like more this, we talk about it like this is a banger a top 10 matchup so yeah i mean this this is going to be big uh midweek fans we'd love your engagement here of our deep conversation about what's the best series this weekend well maybe this one is number 24 vanderbilt at number four Arkansas. Now, foo, this is a this is going to be a series. This is going yeah. to be a well, that I'll ask you, is this going to be a series one and if it is, who do you got winning? Yes, in Arkansas. I think they're just the better squad. I do like Vanderbilt. They're not it's not my favorite Vandy squad by any means and it's just very hard to win at Arkansas especially. Ooh. That's this is the thing for me, Charlie. <laughs> I got Vanderbilt this time of the year, Vanderbilt, they, they, they know how to get the job done, but not even just this time of the year. They just know how to get the job done in general in life. And they're sitting at 12 and 12 in sec play 32 and 15 overall. There has been a lot on the line now for Vanderbilt. They've, Played okay on the road, 10 and 6, pretty solid. I got Vanderbilt, man. Like, they are a really good team, and they've kind of just stayed at bay. You know, we're going to be good. We're going to be Vanderbilt baseball. We're going to be a little bit above 500, but we're going to take flight here toward the end of the year like we always do. But also, I mean, you got to give this Vanderbilt team, I personally think, a little bit more respect to than they've been getting. Like, they're still Vanderbilt, you know, at the end of yeah. the day. And I think, like, obviously, you're giving us respect. They're ranked 24th. Um, I would listen to arguments for them being ranked even higher just because of the amount of talent that they have. Like, I don't, this is a team that I know we talked about a lot in the preseason, and we talked about how successful we think that they would be. And some of those things have proven to be true. But again, like, when we look at what's happened with this team this year, Dominic Keegan, do you know, 11 yeah. bombs, 14 doubles hitting 392 Spencer Jones, mm -hmm. 380, 386 
okay, let's look at Chris McIlvain, a 3.48 ERA. Like, you know, Devin Futrell, he's had a sub 2.05 ERA, 2.03 ERA right now, 8-1. and win loss record like they've got some arms there they've got some bats there and they're going to win the series for sure now you know because i have i have to say that charlie because that's my hot take like that i'm going five and oh but it's not even fair but that's fair that's the thing though it's like it's not even a hot take because the fact of the matter is it's not an opinion you know I mean, yes, it is. No, it's a it's a fact. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, I like so the confidence. Let's go to the last series. I think now, in terms of competitiveness, this is pretty solid. It's oh, yeah. not it's not two top ten teams, two top twenty five teams going at it. It's two pretty solid teams who don't get enough credit for being pretty solid in Louisiana at, and we know what Texas State has done this year at yeah. Texas State. I mean, I can't not take one of my own small schools, and that's how about the one lost Raging Cajun squad, Will? Haven't heard that one in a while, but I'm taking the Raging Cajuns. They've been very good as of late. Texas State, a very good team, but it just seems sacrilegious for me to not take the Raging Cajuns. Like, why, would I, why would I root against them? I got Texas State, and I got Texas State for sure. You know, at home, <laughs> you – I mean, they've, they've been big this year, man, like – Obviously, they they made some noise early in the year for what they were able to do down in Austin. Like, man, I got Texas State for sure. So because I have had a great exclamation point about these picks, let's run through them one time. Ole Miss had LSU. I got LSU. You got Ole Miss. Miami at Florida State University. We both got Miami. Texas Tech at Oklahoma State, a top 10 matchup. We both have Oklahoma State. Then Vanderbilt at Arkansas. I've got Vandy, and you've got UARK. And then Louisiana at Texas State. I've got Texas State for sure. You've got the Raging cages man like this is the thing like there's so many good series i've been fired up all year but like i woke up out of bed today and i said dude like the series this weekend like we're trying to decide what's the best series and like it's hard texas tech and oklahoma state a top 10 match like there's so many good games so much on the line and i'm so glad throughout this show that we've gotten to cover that I'm, I'm high on Rake Forest. We've gotten to cover that Chuck E. Cheese is a beast at picking guys in his rotation that get no hitters. And also <laughs> the fact that his Campbell's pick has been right on the money, you know? Yeah. So, and then also I love how we got the coverage of UConn throughout the duration of this show. They need it. That's why they're yep. my first winner. And also just the fact that, man, I, I, I want to, I want the people's opinion I I came up with that off the dome, but like, who are your top five teams in the ACC? That would be a harder question for me than like anything, anything else. Actual top five are just like, Hey, you go, you're going to take a tough test. Okay. Who's, I don't know. Who's the top five teams in the ACC. I mean, that's, that is, I want to hear some of the fans input on who they think, because I mean, I don't know, man. It's hard to even think who you think right now is the best. Like, okay, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Uh, okay, I just want to hear it. I just want to hear yeah, it. I and like I want to know if Wake Forest is in or out of that as well. So that, that is fun. I got two questions for you then. Well, I got two things to say. One, Will kind of alluded to it. Will, congrats on completing your MBA as of yesterday. Oh, Will I appreciate Kahn it. is now a, a double degree man. 
And then my second thing, you are so confident. Actually, go ahead. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? Well, I just said thank you. Like, I mean, I'm walking the stage this weekend. I did finish all the coursework. So hopefully uh, you cross all your I's, dot all your T's, and you're able to do that. But (laughs) my my question for you is, since you're so confident in these five series that you've picked, what? How would you rank them? And least worried about that that team your pick versus most worried? Oh, I'm most worried about Oklahoma State. Okay. Um, just because I'm most worried about Oklahoma State for sure. Because it's the closest, it's the closest ranking matchup. That's a reasonable thing. Yeah, that's reasonable. Maybe yeah. the other things I've said are unreasonable. <laughs> but I mean, Oklahoma State, I'd be worried about. When I look at it, also, I think that. It's it's tough to win at Arkansas. Yeah, um, I think that has to go in into the equation. Um, but I mean LSU, man, LSU and Ole Miss. That is, I don't know if the competition level gets closer than that, right? Like yeah, the competition level there is super close. Now Miami and Vander or Miami and Florida State. Like I think that okay, I'm pretty confident Miami can get it done. Yeah. Um, it, they have more, they have the yeah they have slightly so, less arms but still really good arms but better bats right and it's still a series matchup it's going to be good it's still top twenty five yeah. now Texas Tech and Oklahoma State I mean that that is a tough one and I've been yeah. I've sucked on my picks you know like I have not done pretty good this I need year. to calculate I need um, to, once I guess after once the regular season's don't overall, bother take them don't out bother. no I want to know I got I got a flex. I, there is a, there were, I started off hot, then I kind of went ice cold for like three weeks, and then you were kind of you caught up ground, and then I think I've we've been, been we've ice been, cold. Then then we were kind of like the same. I think I've pulled away a little bit, but I bet you it's not as big of a difference as you think it'd be if there is one. Fair enough, but I mean, Oklahoma State. I think Texas Tech is coming, um, even though I picked Oklahoma State. LSU I picked, but Ole Miss is right there, neck yeah. and neck. And then Vanderbilt, man, like, I don't know. Like, I'm almost more confident. I just think they're going to go get a series at Arkansas. Like, I, I, like I think I'm more confident that Vanderbilt gets a series at Arkansas than Ole Miss or that LSU wins against Ole Miss or that Oklahoma State wins against Texas Tech. I think Vanderbilt going on the road this time of year, I don't want to face Tim Corbin. You don't want to face Tim Corbin. And so let's not face him, you know, and yeah. let's let's lie down and give Vanderbilt the series win and give me a five and a week. That's so that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's fair. The thing the thing that makes, you know, a great uh, weekend of series is the fact that. Any of these could blow up in our face, you know, either of us could very easily have a shit week and the other they one. They all awesome will. Week. It's 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 very much a coin flip on paper. And that's the fun part about it, because you. It's no fun to choose one versus like Tennessee versus like, you know, Iona. That's no fun. Yeah. Out of all the weeks I picked like supreme amounts of confidence. It's probably the hard. I think these are the hardest. I I said that by far best series. I still stand by that. It really is the hardest weekend to pick. I think it's because one of them, yeah. all of these could go either way. I think all of them. You're like, absolutely right. Like Miami's the most confident and they're still going at a ranked team, you know? So it's like, um, yeah, they're all, they're all tough, but we'll see. I need, I need success in my veins for these picks. And I'm also, I'm also pretty confident. So let's, let's get it. Um, also we got to give a big shout out, uh, to Maggie. Maggie's been supporting us hard and like, and, and, and I just, I love that dedication and I love that 
the mid really, week oh. is growing. Yeah, absolutely. And I that was just a really fun podcast. And we like shot the shit with uh, her and Zach for like an hour after we recorded the pod too. It was just a fun time. Oh, it was big time. It was big time. Well, we shot it as well. We hope you guys shoot it. That was uh, all we got for you on this midweek. Uh, hope to have another one for you uh, next Wednesday in the middle of the week. So yes, uh, getting ready for those conference tournaments coming up, postseason, everything. Lock in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly. I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'ma start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a car.